0: Text the Granny and Bischoff at 69187 with the word ESPN.
1: We've got one of our favorite topics on the show, and that is chip on the shoulder. Nick Siriani. I didn't know this until I read this story. He kind of got fired by Andy Reid.
0: I had no clue that he worked. Well, he was uh he was on the staff beforehand right. before he was Andy the Reed got there.
1: Wide receivers coach with Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City hires Andy Reid to be the head coach. They don't retain Nick Sirianni as their wide receivers coach once that happens. So technically fired by Andy Reid. Didn't actually work under him, though. Um, And yesterday, Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, got asked about that. And he said, do you always have a little chip on your shoulder? Sure. Yeah, you do. But that's who I am as a coach and as a person. I want to make sure I'm working my butt off to get as good as I possibly can. And sure, you hold on to some of those things. Got a chip on the shoulder.
0: Manipulated. Come um, on. our, our Manufactured coach, ship.
1: I was going to say, is this one of the worst ones we've seen? Yeah,
0: this is just, come on. He, You never even worked. It's one thing if he retained you and you worked for him for a couple of years and he didn't think you were good enough and he bounced you.
1: Right. Then I mean, there'd be some actual animosity. Yeah. This is just new guy took over. And yeah, and it wants his own guy. Had a wide receiver coach from yeah. some other team that he knew before. So... There's your Nick Sirianni chip on the shoulder to get him going. I don't like this. one. I I even like the players on the team who are clearly the favorites who pretend to be underdogs. I like that better than this chip on the shoulder.
0: You like Georgia?
1: Yes. I think the The guys thought
0: we were going seven
1: and five. (laughs) Georgia being like, you all had us at seven and five. I like that better than this because at least that's like a player getting pumped up. Oh, they don't believe in me. I'm going to go lay a big hit. This is a coach being like, yeah, he didn't keep me on his staff when he got hired. So I worked hard to become a good head coach. It's like, okay, were you not going to work hard if he had kept you around? Good thing he got rid of you. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's Nick Sirianni's chip on the shoulder. Um, I had a question to you about the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. If you're the Raiders, if you're the front office, don't have a quarterback at the moment, would you tell Josh Jacobs who your plans were for quarterback? That was that's a great question because I
0: know what he said at the Pro Bowl where he knew who the three QB targets were. I might tell Devonte
1: Adams, <laughs> <laughs> you know he's coming back. Here's here's the quote, or here's what Tashawn uh, Reed wrote. Jacobs revealed he talked with the front office about the planet quarterback after Derek Carr was benched in Week 17. He wouldn't disclose who they were, but he said the team identified three targets. So this was in-season. This is not after the season's over. This was in-season. Derek Carr gets benched. Jacobs apparently talked to Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, or both um, about the future of the quarterback spot. And my first question was not about who are the three quarterbacks. My first question was, why would they tell him he's not under contract for next year? Especially in-season.
0: I mean, don't you wait till after the season to start talking to players about who might be the quarterback?
1: I would think. You should say, hey, it's Jared Stidham.
2: Yeah, that's our quarterback (laughs) right now. And is he somebody necessarily that, even if he was under contract, is he a big enough player that you would put that information to?
0: Um, No, I mean, I kidded about Devontae Adams. I don't know. I think Tyler's right. I don't know why they're talking to anybody in season about who the quarterback is going to be for the next year. That doesn't
1: make any sense. It's not Derek Carr, guys. Yeah,
0: and (laughs) Jacobs is going to them. When he knows that, you know, he's going to try to get a contract as well. I mean, maybe that's the reason he went to them. But I would tell him, hey, we've got plans and, you know, we'll let everyone
1: know when you need to know. So let me let me go back to what the the actual part of this conversation that most people picked up on is identified three targets. Who are those? three Well, at that point,
0: Brady was one. I think Brady was one. Yeah. I think Jimmy G
1: was one. And maybe it was Aaron Rodgers. Did they, in Week 17, sit back and say, oh, Rodgers might force his way out of Green Bay? Uh,
0: Given what was happening in Green Bay, I think they might have thought that. I mean, he tries to force his way out all the time, and then he just goes back to Green Bay every year.
1: I Actually, I think my theory on Rodgers is he's not trying to force his way out. He just likes the attention and wants people to want him. He he wants Raiders fans. He loved being at
0: Pebble Beach with people screaming Raiders.
1: He doesn't actually want to leave. He just wants the attention of everybody across the league wants him and right. he's like oh why this feels good he so i go on pat mcafee so every off season every off season oh my leave haven't yeah. made up my mind maybe yeah. they don't want me here do you guys want me oh yeah. you do how nice this that's my theory on rogers he's not going anywhere he's never wanted to go anywhere else but he wants to feel loved by everybody so he floats it out there so random raiders fan at this golf tournament can yell raiders at him
0: i mean I think Brady and Garoppolo were good choices to be among those three. Brady at that point was, I think, definitely one of those three. Yes, there's I no think, with
1: those two guys. I think I think they wanted Tom Brady. Brady Garoppolo, I think, are for sure two of the three. Maybe it was Rodgers. The hard thing is who is trying to figure out who would be the other one, right? Well, you have down here. Maybe it was a rookie. Maybe they maybe they
0: had done some research and they really like a guy and they start thinking about who they could draft.
1: Right. I that's. Would you t- But man, again, to, I, t- I still can't get over. Would you tell Josh Jacobs any know, of this? No, I like, no, I wouldn't. Like especially in the middle of the season, right. I would say it's Jared Stidham. He's his locker is directly across from you in the locker room. Right. I just can't. I just can't. Especially the rookie part. Like you walk in there. Like even if Josh Jacobs came in and was like, "Hey, man, what's the plan at quarterback? I'd like to know." Would you really be like, "Well, we really love but, this C.J. Stroud guy." At Ohio State. Right. Probably not, right? I just, it's such a weird scenario that running back who's not under contract for next year in the middle of the season, yeah, we're going to tell him our quarterback plan for next I year. I mean,
0: do I think that Devontae Adams has asked questions? Yes. Probably. And I think they've kind of kept him up to date to this point?
1: Probably, yes. Yeah, he's the one that you probably should, right? Yes. Like, Devontae Adams probably deserves it because. The reason Adams is here is because well, it Derek because of the, the guy they cut or they're going to cut or move on from. Right. And then when you say he's no longer the quarterback yes. and Adams is still under contract, I think you keep him up to you're date. You're probably like, all right, yeah, here's what our but is. But Josh Jacobs, the running back? Who's not under contract for next year? Because if, if Josh Jacobs leaves... Before the Raiders get a quarterback, he's like, "Oh yeah, they were going to talk to Brady, and then it was Garoppolo, and then it was Rogers, right?" And he'd be like, just "Tell everybody what their quarterback plan was." It's just a weird thing to do for a guy. Under I mean, I
0: like the Josh Jacobs talk
1: so much. Me too. He didn't give out the three quarterbacks though, so no. let's talk a little more, Josh. Let's get it. Who are they?
2: Do you do you tell Jacobs just a random backup quarterback oh, that you've had great. your eyes on for the last five years and now you great. want him?
0: Some guy in the league who's just yep. not like a
1: two or a three.
2: Just some guy who's never touched the field. But you know what? I saw something on footage one time.
1: They're like, this Marcus Mariota guy in Atlanta.
0: <laughs> we think he'd be great. He you know, knows he knows
1: his way around here. He can find the facility. We think this Zach Wilson kid in New York is going to be pretty cheap. He might be <laughs> our quarterback next year. Josh Jacobs would definitely hold out on the franchise tag if Zach Wilson was going to be their quarterback yes. next year. I Okay, genuine question on Josh Jacobs. Does the quarterback play into his decision to hold out or play on the franchise tag?
0: No, I think he's, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but I think he's about himself. I think so, too. I think he's about himself and but getting I, the most he can get.
1: And I, I would love the idea of Jacobs being like, oh, they got Aaron Rodgers. We might score a lot of points next year. All right, I'll play on the franchise tag, or, no. or oh my god, it's Jarrett Stidham. I'm not playing on the franchise no. tag with Jarrett Stidham. I would love if that was his thought process.
0: I think no matter what, he wants a two to three year deal yeah. and more guaranteed money than
1: ten million dollars because he's he's fully aware of what his position is. He's fully yes. aware of what running backs are in the NFL. His agent better be, and it's you've you have to get as much guaranteed yeah, money no matter when, how
0: old you are right
1: whenever there's a chance to get more guaranteed, you have to yep. get it and this is maybe he has the chance or maybe he gets franchise tagged and the Raiders just refuse to actually negotiate a contract extension with him I, I don't know what the Raiders plan is once they franchise tag I assuming they franchise tag him I don't would the would the Raiders fran- do you think the Raiders would franchise tag him and just say that's it that's your deal that's what you're playing on or do you think the Raiders would franchise tag him and still talk to him about a contract extension?
0: well they picked up they didn't pick up his fifth year option and then he goes out and leads the league in rushing which we both decided or we both think he can't do again and no matter what he had a great year but no matter what their background is running by running back by committee for the most part so i still don't know what they actually think of him and his future so I could see them just tagging him and saying, this is what you're going to get. And we're just... Gi- we're giving you $10 million. And
1: basically stop
0: contract yeah, negotiations just, we're not, at that point. Because I think... It, well, I don't know what the negotiation is going to be in terms of how much guaranteed money he wants. He obviously wants more than $10 million because he says, here it villain on the franchise tag. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they think that way.
1: Right. And, and the reason I ask it that way is because if Jacobs plans to hold out, if he if he gets tagged and his plan is... I. I'm going to hold out because you get fined so much money for missing days. Now, if the Raiders tag him, the Raiders can just say, all right, you're tagged, dude. Like yeah. you show up yeah. or you're getting fined. What is it? Is it $50,000 a day? Yeah. It sounds ridiculous. But like the rate, if the Raiders are not willing to negotiate a new contract after they tag him, Jacobs doesn't have any leverage other than, Hey, you need me to, win, but do they? They didn't win and he had his yeah, best they, season they ever. went 6-11 and 11 and he right. led the league in rushing. So I, I'm sure in Jacob's mind, he's like, oh, I'm not going to play on the franchise tag, but there's a really good chance he doesn't have another choice. Like the I Raiders, don't know the, if they can't get a deal done. And here's the, the
0: other thing we don't know. We don't know if they want to get a deal done. Right. The Raiders might they say... They might just say, we, we knew from the beginning we were going to tag right. this guy. We want one more year out yeah. of this guy. and we'll See what he can do for one more year. He's a running back. Those guys go quickly. Yeah. because for the most part.
1: Because they listen, there's they're, the, if you do the extreme outcomes, there's a chance Josh Jacobs is you know one of the top five rushers in the league again next year. Has a phenomenal season. There's also probably just as good of a chance Josh Jacobs plays like ten games. You know, doesn't yeah. hit a thousand rushing yards. Like injuries happen to running backs. Like he's just not as effective. So the most likely he'll be in the middle. He'll play you know fifteen games. He'll have he'll be the ninth or tenth leading rusher in the NFL and have a good season but not a superstar season and once he has a non-leading the league in rushing season it'll be much easier for the Raiders to let him go sure it'll be much easier to say yeah thank you uh you can go and be a free I think we agent thought all along
0: he's gonna be tagged yeah
1: it makes the most sense for them for, for the for Raiders sure. right and then for Jacobs eh, probably not no <laughs> Jacobs would prefer the long-term deal all right coming up next it's Bischoff's Briefs You ready to be convinced Tom Brady's playing in the NFL next season?
0: By his own words?
1: I got got three different points here for you. First off, Tom Brady told Colin Cowherd yesterday that he will start working for Fox for the 2024 season. So he is not going to be calling games on Fox for this upcoming NFL season. Uh, Remember, he has a 10-year deal. What is it? $350 million? Mm -hmm. Yep uh that fox has waiting for him once his nfl career is over and according to brady he will start that in 2024 so what's he going to do for the next year
0: throw out twitter pictures of him sitting on a bed with no shirt on
1: he did do that did you see that weirdness a concerning he's recreating a little... some ad underwear some Edelman, advertisement.
0: uh and Gronk, Edelman and Gronk, he said, is this how you do it?
1: Yeah. That kinda, was weird. Kind of strange. So hopefully kinda. we don't get that for a whole year. That was very strange. Um, he kind of alluded to with Cowherd that like, oh, I like to be the best at everything I do. So I got to, he's going to go practice. He's going to work on calling games. I don't believe it.
0: Do you believe it? In a studio? Yeah. I mean, what's. I mean, maybe a little, but I don't think he's doing it the entire
1: year. Yeah. So he's got plenty of time. He's going to spend it with the kids. It didn't
0: work out well for
2: him last season. (laughs) He got three days of that and said, I'm out of here. That's right.
1: (laughs) See, that's what I said. Also, Tom Brady on his own podcast, this is, I'll read this whole quote here. There's always going to be a part of me that wants to play and a part of me that, you know, feels like I can play. I think there's just a decision to know that it's the right time. So I think for me, it's going to end up at some point. It's going to end at some point. And I think now is the time. And it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I wouldn't want to do it. It's not that I wouldn't be excited to play. I love playing football. I've loved playing football since I was a kid on the street on Portola Drive. So I think it's just a decision that it's time to do other things.
0: We better hold on to that picture of him in the Raiders uniform.
1: You better. Has there? He said, it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I wouldn't want to do it. It's not that I wouldn't be excited to play. There's no finality to this quote. Not a single bit of it. Is there anything in your life that you can do, you want to do, and you're excited to do that? you, and you don't, don't
2: do, do? golf. <laughs> Why don't you do golf? Why don't you I don't have do? time?
1: So you can't do it.
2: Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it falls under that.
1: It's not like Tom Brady's got other obligations. Yeah. He's, not mean, he's not college football. He's got, games got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can do it. He wants to do it. And he says he'd be and he's excited and, he's, it. and
0: he says he's able to do it.
1: He's going to do it. He's coming back to play. <laughs> Raiders? Yes, I saw him somewhere. He's coming back to play. So, he's not calling football games for a year and he wants to play football again. Why would he not be playing football again? Oh, and by the way, you're going to get paid tens of millions of dollars to do it. It's not even like he's doing it for free. No. He'd get a big old contract for somebody. He'd like 30. Yeah. He's coming back. Now. Here's the last point that I'll give you as to why Tom Brady's going to come back or what will make Tom Brady come back. I believe he's waiting to see who wins the Super Bowl because if Pat Mahomes wins it, Tom Brady is considered the greatest quarterback of all time. Patrick Mahomes by the end of his career, maybe, we'll see how it goes, would have a chance to be in that conversation with Tom Brady. And if Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, he will be 27 years old with two Super Bowls and five straight AFC title games. He will have 13 more years to add to how many Super Bowls he has won. So if Mahomes wins it, Brady might say,
2: "Eh, I may need to come back. I need to win another Super Bowl.
1: Sort of cement myself. Make it one more for Mahomes to actually chase.
2: So then he shouldn't come here. Well, he should never come here. <laughs> no, that should have never yeah. happened. But if Mahomes
1: loses, Brady's in a lot better shape because then it's one Super Bowl for Mahomes. Hell, he he will have lost twice now in the Super Bowl, once to Brady, by the way. And, you know, he's got a long way to go. Because I'll I'll say this as far as arguments about greatest of all time and all that, Mahomes is not winning eight Super Bowls. No. Right. Brady has he's seven. not winning seven. Mahomes is not passing that. I don't think he's catching him, but no. I do think there's a realistic chance that if Patrick Mahomes won four or five Super Bowls,
0: he would be in the conversation as that the there'd be a legitimate ever. conversation yes.
1: because if yeah. Mahomes continues like he is, we're going a, he's probably going to have a whole bunch of records. We're probably going to look back and be like, his numbers are so good and they're better than Brady's right. That his individual numbers are so good. And I think from the eye test everybody if if Mahomes keeps this up for another look, decade Look there's people who think he's the best now. Right. If he if he plays this way for another decade, we're going to look back and say, "Oh, he's he's the most talented right. quarterback to have ever played and he's got four Super Bowls or five Super Bowls. he's close to Brady. He's the best we've ever we think we've ever seen by the eye test and he's got all these ridiculous accolades, ridiculous stats. That could be enough to, for people to say, "Oh, Mahomes is the greatest I, of all time."
0: I know people who think he's the best now. Yeah. And he's the most talented in these yeah. I think it's not crazy to say he's more he was at this point he's more
1: talented yes. than Brady's been. Yes. I, I Just think pure talent. I think you could say that about Aaron Rodgers too. You know, when Aaron Rodgers peak was a more talented quarterback than Tom Brady. Right. But Tom Brady's the greatest winner we've we've ever seen at the at, yes. in the NFL. I mean, he's ridiculous. So Rodgers is not going to be there with one Super Bowl. And if Mahomes ends his career with one or two Super Bowls, even if we're like, oh, that guy's clearly unbelievable, we, it won't be a conversation. But if he gets to four or five, it's a conversation. And if Mahomes wins this one, it's not that crazy to think he'll win two or three more in his career. And Brady will say, oh, I better come back. I better get back. And I need to go win another Super Bowl to make it to cement my legacy. And actually, I'll say this, Danny. He'll come back. To the Raiders, so he can beat Mahomes in his own division.
2: Mahomes loses this year, wins next year. Does Brady put his Fox contract on pause for twenty six and come back and play?
1: What does he do for the next year?
2: He just puts up a picture of Patrick Mahomes in the weight room and actually starts lifting weights, <laughs> and he just comes back, just jacked, jacked up. If oh he, yeah! If he did
1: like it, also if he did that, then yes. But if he actually retires and is like on the beach and sort of lets his whole
2: and actually diet. has alcohol yeah. and just eats whatever
1: eats it eats a piece of th- one grain of sugar for the first time in Goes four to decades fast food three right. nights a week right if he if he actually retires then I, he probably won't come back after a full year off but if he like was like oh this Patrick Mahomes kid and is like actually working out the whole time then maybe
2: calls up Gronk to see what his diet plans are that's Oh, no, it's, it's a different diet. Diets
0: it's a different. Drunk. Drink. Drunk's,
2: di- Drunk's diet's a little different. <laughs> Do you guys,
1: I, don't, I don't know if Brady can handle his the, diet. Uh,
0: starting with what's in the water bottle.
1: Do you guys Were you, Danny, were you on the show when we talked about DK Metcalf's diet? I don't think so. Okay, I can't remember it exactly. But he eats, he eats candy. Nothing but candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I until, heard about that. Until like 5 p.m.
2: Yeah, because isn't it like 10 bags of gummy bears or something? Some, something yeah.
1: ridiculous. And then at, like, 5 p.m., he'll eat, like, a small meal. And then at, like, I can't remember if it was 8, 9 p.m., he'll eat a big meal. Yeah. But he doesn't eat, like, any – He drink. I think he was – did he drink coffee or soda? Or whatever it was. He drinks something that's not just water or right. Gatorade or something and candy. And that's what he has until 5. And then he eats a meal. And then later in the night, he eats a full, like, here's my big meal, what's which a, sounds insane
2: to What's me. a better diet plan, that one or – Chad Johnson's uh, eat McDonald's twice a day throughout the season?
0: That's a tough call. Because I, I, <laughs> I remember when, uh, when Met the Cap's Bengals... What's Metcalf's big
1: meal? Is it, like, healthy?
2: I think oh, so. I
0: don't know. I, well,
1: I think it was, like, meat and rice and, like, it wasn't... Oh, well, like... then I'd say Metcalf. Because I remember
2: yeah. when the Bengals were on Hard Knocks back when Ocho Cinco was at his prime, He would there was like film of him pulling into the stadium for practice during the summer and he would have a big bag of McDonald's every single day. See so McGriddles no, and Big Macs. I think
0: yeah. if Mac, if Metcalf's big meal is healthy, like Tyler said, then that's a better diet. That's a better diet than McDonald's one, twice.
2: One one good meal and ten pounds of candy versus <laughs> yes. versus yes. two McDonald's. Because meals? his little
0: meal might be healthy also. The this candy shirt. might be the worst thing he does all day in gummy bears, and
1: his two meals might, like, include healthy food. I, I just can't get over not eating any, like, a real meal until 5 o'clock. I, I don't. can't get
0: over – I do – I'm very poor at breakfast. A lot of times I don't have – I mean, I don't have anything when I'm in here until I go home, See, so that's think, very poor. It's not healthy. I think you guys are insane but, for that. I do. I know. But even though, like, I couldn't start opening the day with the gummy bears. Yeah. That's – that, to me, is very strange.
1: The, the reason I think it's strange is the opposite of you, though. Like, if I don't, like, I eat Chick-fil-A yes, or McDonald's in here. I'm not saying I yes. eat healthy, but I eat breakfast in here because if I don't eat anything right now, I would be starving.
2: Oh right. uh, yeah, no. Like an average w- day for me, I don't have my first food probably until three, four o'clock. I
1: will have eaten at least two meals by the time you eat, Daddy. Yeah.
2: Okay, three or four o'clock. No,
1: like when I go home, I have something. Like I, yeah, I'm eating lunch at like eleven thirty almost every day.
2: Yeah, not me. You're insane. I don't know. Like don't- today, like today, I'll probably like stop at the gas station or somewhere and grab a sandwich for the flight, which is at one. But. If I wasn't going on a flight, I'd be here until probably 2, 3 o'clock, go home, have a snack, and then eat dinner around 6 or 7.
0: You had the weirdness at me with the gas station. Why? I mean, on the way in Tropicana, you got some subways and stuff if you want a sandwich.
2: Yeah, which I'll probably do today, but I'm also doing a deli tonight, so I don't know how many sandwiches I'm going to eat today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me you will often not eat—you'll eat one meal a day? one oh, yeah. like actual meal a day?
2: Yeah. I and don't do that. Like uh, like last week when I worked uh, Cofield show all three days, I got here at noon. I didn't get home until like 8.30, so I just brought a protein bar with me every day and just ate it around 4 o'clock to hold me over.
0: I, you had a protein bar the entire day?
1: And then he ate dinner afterwards, I assume.
0: Yeah,
2: I ate dinner when I got home, so I had dinner like around 8.30, 9 o'clock. Wow.
1: I couldn't do it. Hell, I ate breakfast this morning, and I'm kind of hungry right now.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty hungry, but coffee helps. Coffee's a uh, food Oh, yeah, food, so you, uh, you do
1: go through the
0: uh, the Dunkin'. Oh, yeah. You do go. You, I, every day I see you with that.
2: Yeah. So
0: you got, the, you got the coffee. That
1: helps. So you're kind of our DK Metcalf.
2: Yes. Could be. I mean,
1: you're not eating 10 pounds of gummy, gummy bears. bears, but if you start walking in here with gummy bears, then...
0: No,
2: if I had a candy of choice that I had to eat, 10 pounds of every day, it would probably be uh sweet tart ropes. Those they're, things are so good.
1: <laughs> well, that's not helping
2: you. Oh, they're
0: so
1: good. <laughs> Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace joins the show.
0: When he's not covering the Knights, he's playing with his goats. One may even be named Ovechkin. This is the VGK Update with Ryan the Hockey Guy. Listen to him Monday through Friday at 4 on the VGK Insiders on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Ryan.
2: Hey, guys.
1: Uh, we need your help, or we need your opinion on this. Um, first off, what time do you think you normally eat your first meal of the day?
3: Oof. Uh, anywhere between 1230 and 2-ish
1: o'clock. Okay, so no breakfast, just lunch is what you yeah. start with. Um, I yeah, eat well, well. breakfast every day. I, I'm starving if I don't. But Danny over here just told us that he will often not eat his first meal of the day until like 5 o'clock at night. Hmm. sounds terrible
3: yeah i mean i've, I've been there before <sighs> for sure like on a
1: regular basis or just you had one busy day
3: uh no i like i've i've been there before like semi-regularly for sure oh. um it, it's usually in periods where i've been incredibly busy but yeah some, i mean sometimes like it's it's not uncommon that my eating window like that first meal window creeps into like two to three two to or somewhere in that in that ballpark, but that's that's generally like where I'm at. Not I mean, even an not energy. In the
0: not even an energy bar or something like that. Something really small.
3: Uh no, no, not really. Um, I mean, like you know, caffeine for sure. But that's that's <laughs> not anything that's gonna gonna mess you up too much. Yeah, I I I don't know. I'm, I'm more productive when I when I don't eat. To be completely honest with you, like I just kind of you know have clear brain or energy or whatever it is. I don't know, but yeah. It's, it's not uncommon um, that, that it'll be later on in the, in the day, for sure.
1: I think I'd be eating one of the goats out back if it was 3 o'clock. and I hadn't eaten <laughs> on the
3: day yet. That's why you've never been here, Tyler. <laughs> That's fair. That's Don't funny. worry.
1: I wouldn't know how to actually eat it. I wouldn't know what I was doing anyways. Um, so, all right. We saw a potential line combination of Paul Cotter, Jonathan March. So with Jack Eichel yesterday. Uh, yeah. What do you make of that line? What do you think Bruce Cassidy's trying to accomplish with those two playing next to Jack Eichel?
3: Score goals. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of what I think Bruce Cassidy's hoping for, right? <laughs> uh, you've got the shooter in Jonathan Marchessault, like though. He's going to take shots. We, we know that he's never met a shot he, he doesn't like. Uh, Jack Eichel's the facilitator. I, I would um, I would argue that you want him to speed up his processing, not slow the game down. Um, And I think that that'll happen alongside the energy of Paul Cotter, where it's a player that can go in along the boards, he can bang bodies, he can play, he can make hard plays along the wall, but he can also get to the inside. So what I think Bruce Cassidy is hoping for, that all these complementary pieces fit together, and you have a line that can produce offensively, not just on the rush, but in zone.
0: Did you think the same thing about the other three? Like a third line of Smith, Carlson, and Amadio, what's... What do you think comes out of that line is dropping them down?
3: I, I think with Amadio, like y- you, you've seen him, right? Like be a be a guy that you, you put the puck on a stick in the right spot, he could score. Now, is he going to create offense by himself? No, probably not. But that's what William Carlson and Riley Smith do so well. They play so well; they're a great tandem. Uh, they're able to create, you know, little pockets in the offensive zone. Also, able to create on the rush. And your hope is that if Michael Amadio just focuses on getting open, those two will do a lot of the dirty work. You put the puck on his stick in the right spot, he can score. And then to take it a step further, when you look at the, the line of Chandler Stevenson, Will Carrier, and Phil Kessel, uh, individually, all three of those guys can skate. Like, Phil Kessel doesn't have that pop-end speed that he can get to or sustain it for incredibly long periods of time. But when Phil wants to turn the motor on, he can absolutely rock it. So when you've got that, and you know what Will Carrier is going to do with the puck, he'll take it to the to the front of the net. He's got wheels. Chandler Stevenson has wheels. I think what you're trying to do is is highlight that specific skill set. And if that line is coming at you in waves with their speed, then ideally they'll be able to score too. So what I think Bruce Cassidy is looking to do, trying to do is create three lines that are a little bit different in, in terms of what their – what their main skill set is, but three lines that complement each other with the players on them, hopefully to uh, give you a little bit more offense.
1: Phil Kessel leads the Golden Knights in uh, percentage of starts that start or uh, shifts that start in the offensive zone. Will Carrier, I think, is third in percentage of shifts that start in the defensive zone. How does Cassidy deploy a line with both of them on it together?
3: I think that you're probably going to see more – I would say probably more neutral zone starts and, and probably skew a little bit more toward the offensive zone starts like I think you're going to lean into you don't want Phil castle taking a uh, taking a, a face off in his own zone but if you've got will Carrier's persistence, his ability to kind of be in that role and do it very well, and Chandler Stevenson is no slouch defensively either. I think maybe you're you're a little bit more comfortable kind of putting them in any situation, uh, but until you see how that kind of pans out, whether or not you can trust it, I think you're probably going to see more neutral zone and and offensive zone starts for that line.
0: Do you want Mark Stone coming back at eighty percent, given it's been two back issues, or if it means the entire season and to keep his career going to keep to stay out?
3: Yeah, I, I would. I want Mark Stone one hundred percent healthy. And it doesn't, you know, I I get it. Like, you want a player like Mark Stone back in the lineup as quickly and as soon as possible. But for me, my feeling on it is you let him take as much time as he needs to be 100% Mark Stone because we got to see that for 41 games, and he was awesome. And more than anything in the world, I want Mark to be able to play at a high level and play – For many, many years. So more than anything, I I want Mark Stone 100% healthy. If he's 99%, I don't think that he needs to be in the lineup. He's got to be 100% good to go. That's what I think you're shooting for if you're the Golden Knights.
1: Trade deadline uh, next month with Mark Stone Mm -hmm. presumably getting put on long-term IR at some point in the future. That would free uh, quite a bit of cap space for the Golden Knights are you somebody that says that looks at this team and says, Oh, they should go get the one big name, the Tarasenko, the Patrick Kane, or Mm -hmm. would it be better for this team to get two or three guys that make, you know, two or 3 million each to fill out the depth of the roster.
3: So I think you can probably get away with doing one of each. Like You can get a big name player and you can get maybe a $2 million guy that helps you kind of fill out your depth. I, I think that, you know, less so than maybe Vladimir Tarasenko, like, Ryan O'Reilly is a name that I think makes a little bit of sense. He's a strong two-way center. You can kind of deploy things a little bit differently. um, And you're getting the defensive production that you don't have with, uh, that that you're lacking, that you're missing with Mark Stone out of the lineup. I think you've got a player in Ryan O'Reilly that makes a lot of sense there. Now, is it feasible? Are you going to do it given the year that O'Reilly has? Probably not. But, I do think that there's an opportunity for the Golden Knights to maybe make a big splash with a bigger name and also have some more money to throw at, you know, a $2 million, $3 million player to kind of round out depth. The question is, will they? I think you've got to take the next nine games prior to the trade deadline, and you've got to see where your team matches up against some of the best teams in the league. Fortunately for the Golden Knights, like, you've got Tampa, you've got New Jersey, like, you've got some good teams still on the schedule before the trade deadline. So where they fall and how they play in those games, I think goes a long way to determining what Kelly McCrimmon is going to do at the trade deadline.
0: Uh, scoring's the easy answer, but if you had to pick a second uh, phase that they have to be good at to make the playoffs that they maybe haven't been, what is it?
3: Well, I think it's probably early goals against, right? And, you know, if Zach Whitecloud plays tonight. That's going to be the first time around Thanksgiving that the Golden Knights had um, all top, all of their top six defensemen in the lineup. I do think that that will help them keep the puck out of their own net. I, I think you kind of get into a position where now, because you've got your defensemen in, uh, you can expect your goaltenders, and the expectation should be there that we're only going to give up shots that we want. We're only going to give up chances that we're okay with, and our goaltenders need to make saves on those plays. They were able to do it through the first twenty-ish games of the year. Uh, it's been a little bit uh, dicier since then. But I think we're, really where the Golden Knights are going to have to improve is you know, you've know got to be able to win a game 2-1 or 3-2. to two. You've got to be able to shut it down enough defensively that you're only giving up two or you know, one or two goals per game. And if they're able to do that, they're going to be able to find results and win. So that's really the, the thing that the Golden Knights have to focus on. As much as you want more scoring, you've got to be able to win low-scoring, tightly contested games in the Golden Knights. That's kind of been their Achilles heel over the last uh, 10, 10 games or so.
1: Where are you guys at tonight?
3: Oh, I'll be at Treasure Island. I'm going to be at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the TI, uh, 60-foot video wall, and I, I don't know that Willie's going to be there, so maybe no uh, spy shots of me <laughs> across, the, <laughs> across the hallway.
1: Well, he is Ryan Wallace again. <laughs> He's over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Gold Nights play at 5 o'clock. Tonight is puck drop, but you can go see Ryan and watch the game with him at uh, the Treasure Island. Ryan, thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Did you Do you know the tweet he's talking about? So Cofield was doing a show and Ryan was doing a show, both at the Treasure Island. And Willie took a picture of Ryan from, like, I don't know, 100 yards away it looked like. <laughs> Because it was the blurriest photo I've seen from a, like, I assume Willie has a new cell phone, uh, you know, a cell phone that's not 20 years old, from a fairly new cell phone ever. And then he tweeted it out. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's in that picture, Willie.
2: Which is funny because they're actually in, like, the same general vicinity. Because Cofield does his show from, like, the edge of the uh, Golden Circle Bar and Grill. But he's, like, more towards the uh, the sports book. And then Ryan does his watch party setup actually in the restaurant.
1: So they were oh, like in 20 the, feet away. They
2: uh probably I would say probably about 100 feet.
1: Yeah. And Willie's just took a horrible quality photo.
2: He might have just done it super quick. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're pretty close. They can see each other.
1: All right, we got tickets to give away to go see the Golden Knights. They take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we've got your tickets. 702-364-1100. That is the phone number if you want to go see the Golden Knights and the Lightning on February 18th. Call in now, 702-364-1100. Be caller number 9 at 702-364-1100.
0: Grainy and Bischoff are back on
1: the Press Box. Congratulations to Randall. He won tickets to go see the Golden Knights. Also, Mike is headed out to see Jimmy Buffett. We'll have more of those tickets to give away throughout the week. Also, we're going to have $600 to give away on Friday. Um, Dollar Loan Center, which does our Friday football frenzy during the regular season. We got $600. I think that's what was left over. It's just going to be as simple as one caller has the Eagles. One caller has the Chiefs. Wow. So somebody's winning $600 That's regardless great. of who wins the game. That's awesome. So, yeah. So we'll have 600 bucks on Friday to give away. Um, I'm reading a story here that uh, Live Golf, <laughs> their attorneys basically said in court that they have no revenue. Okay. <laughs> which seems not ideal. Where would they? I, and now that I think about it, where would they get revenue from? Sponsors?
2: probably i mean that would yeah. probably be the only place they could because they weren't yeah. televised last year
1: they're gonna be televised
2: this year yes they are
1: but are they getting money for that
2: i don't know they
1: might they I mean, might I think like, so what are, they, well, what are they on the cw yeah. or something like that if their revenue zero or close to zero how long are they gonna last there's a lot of money coming. from I was going to say the league.
2: the funds that are coming from the owners what, are unlimited.
1: But like, what's the what's their what's their objective? The people, whoever in Saudi Arabia owns this, what's their goal?
2: To make a competitive a league that's competitive with PGA?
1: Are they going to do that?
2: They could
0: because it, I don't it, think losing money is the biggest deal to them.
1: But how long? Because you're not just going to lose money forever to have a substandard golf t- tour.
0: They are for now.
1: Yeah, but like, how long is that going to? Is that like two years? Are they going to do this for? Are they going to say, "Hey, let's do it for a decade with all their payouts"? Yeah, because these guys are getting.
0: Oh, their payouts are ridiculous. Yeah.
1: I don't know. It just seems like even where we're like, oh, there's unlimited money. I th- well, sure. There's got to be a point to it, right? And just having a substandard tour is can't be the point. I can't imagine they just ah, oh, we just want to run a golf tour. And it's not it's not even like owning a team where it's like ah we just want to own a team and be cool owners that yeah, we'll just pump money into it. Right. Is you just running a golf tour? Do they they really just want to be in charge of a golf tour?
0: Well, they got TV this year, right, Danny? So they some Yeah,
2: st- they're on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, it's better than nothing. Right?
1: Is it were they, they yes. were streaming everything before? It's better than nothing. Well,
2: I'm curious if they made any money whatsoever on YouTube cuz they they streamed last year YouTube and their website simultaneously. You can fudge the numbers. I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised he said zero. <laughs> right? Well, everything, I haven't you
1: know. I haven't read this whole story, but it probably benefits them to say they have no revenue.
0: Oh, I'm sure it does.
1: Yeah, cuz I I'm, I'm guessing there's some sort of monetary lawsuit and they're like, "Well, we don't have any money." Were you gonna-? I was going to say, "What's the case?" Uh, I don't know. All I the, the headline of the story is Live Golf lawyers say they have zero revenue, <laughs> and I haven't gotten to the point where the actual case is the issue. Uh, it's a countersuit against Live Golf that it, that alleges Live Golf interfered with the contract of PGA Tour golfers. So I guess they're saying you interfered with the contracts and you have to pay us now. I would I guess would be the. What they're hoping for out of that and live is saying pay you what we don't have any revenue can't pay you anything
0: would the pga be the one suing
1: yeah yeah. P- it's a countersuit the, okay because live or it's golfers whoever it is is suing the pga tour saying they have a uh, antitrust right, that right they basically have a monopoly on right. golf and there's a countersuit i guess from the pga saying well you interfered with our contracts so you owe us money yeah
2: so according to Gol- an article by Golf Digest that came out like two or three weeks ago, uh Live Golf will not be receiving media rights fees from the CW. Instead, the agreement will be an advertisement share between the network and the league.
0: So they're gonna get some revenue off so they're sponsorships only... or advertisement. Their only source of revenue is advertisement on right. the CW.
1: And it's and they share that. I Danny, you don't have to break your back looking for this. Who's paying for all the cost of like equipment and announcers and everything that goes into producing a television show or a live sporting event? Because that's not cheap. They 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 might lose money. They might lose money on this television deal.